We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Brian Goins. What's up, everybody? I... That was my limited brass. Uh, what's up, everybody? Yeah, what's my up, limited everybody? brass is mostly just him cursing. Guys, what What the fuck? Why is... It? Kenny! Kenny, get the fuck! Why is nobody on time for hangover time? Fuck the Knicks! Um... I'm very sad today. My EPL team, Liverpool, got embarrassed by Real Madrid today. I'm I'm a husk. It, it is uh it is the worst loss I've felt since uh the Eastern Conference Finals uh last season. It's the most embarrassed I've felt since the Heat two thousand seven ring night. Did, did they not just win last year? Liverpool did not win last year. They made the final and lost to Real Madrid. Oh, well, you're talking about the... Yeah, and then we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, and the you're Premier League, about- they got second by, like... They missed it by, like, a point on the last day to City. Uh, so, oh. listen, nobody cares. Cardellian is right. No one cares. Hala Madrid. Yep, yep. Benzema does it again. Uh, Go Manu. Yeah, you know. Hey, woohoo. You know, we're cursed. I think that's, like, their only loss in Anfield. Like, they've only lost twice on at home in the last, like, 10 years. But who cares? Whatever. We're here to talk heat, right, guys? Woohoo! Um, he got Kevin Love and Cody Zeller. As uh, Dan Levertard reported, Pat closed Kevin Love at a wedding, a daytime wedding, because you know he's sleepy. Uh, and he has to go to bed early. <laughs> so Pat closed. Kevin Love is officially a member of the Heat. Yep. You know, he joins a long list of uh, of power forwards to be the third best player on a team. Behind Bam and Jimmy and other people. So that's exciting. I think that he's we're gonna get into him. We have Justin Rowan coming on tomorrow. Um, you know, from the Chase Down, like the premier Cavs podcast. And I know that Justin has even talked to well, they, Love and they they work for the the team. They then, work right? for yeah, they work for Cleveland. Uh, they, they work left, for the Cavs. Well, I mean, that's that's the one up for us. If that's we a ever tease. Left, who are? <laughs> that's a tease for tomorrow. So we got Justin. signed us, Miami Heat. 
Justin, uh, Justin and Tiff are on, so that's uh, we're gonna get more in depth into Kevin Love tomorrow. But today, Brian and I are gonna go over. We're gonna take a journey through Kevin Love and Cody Zeller. What that means for the Heat's cap. What that means for their team. And Brian, I think we gotta start. And by the way, I I want to say this. Shout out to all our audience on YouTube, the pod here on stream. Um, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're a pod listener, please write a review. Subscribe on the pod feed, Spotify, whatever you listen. Helps us a ton. Uh, 10 years doing this. We love our audience. We love you guys. And we love the community around this show. It means the world to us. So thank you to all our listeners. I, I, I want to make a habit of doing that every show because genuinely it means a lot to me. And, and I love you guys. 10 but, years. 10 Come years, up. man. But Brian, the big discourse of the day. Is Kevin Love going to start? I think so. I don't know. I feel like some some fans really do want to see him start. I personally want to see him start just because I feel like those minutes next to Bam are probably even better than the minutes he probably provided you off the bench because I know Miami would have to change their defense a bit since he's not really much of a switch big at, at all. So if you're going to play him off the bench and he's your main big, are you going to play what zone I, I feel like Miami wants to go away from that so to me it feels like they should stack up most of those minutes with Bam and even Bam was quoted um, recently I think in the Miami Herald that he's been talking to Spo about how he can play minutes with him um, I know Bam basically was like the one one of the leading um, voices on the team trying to bring Kevin Love to Miami so I guess maybe that was who Pat was on the phone with before he closed the deal at that beach wedding. Or at, I don't think it was a beach wedding. I'm just saying it was, it was a wedding. A, it was a beach wedding. During the day, but it probably was According a According to Levitard, it was a beach wedding. It was a beach wedding. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that is probably, if I had to pick, that's probably what will probably start out. Will it stay for the rest of the season? It kind of depends on how those minutes uh, fare out. I don't know. I haven't watched enough Kevin Love this year. I know last season he was really damn good. He was basically runner-up to six-man a year, if if not for Tyler. Um, this year hasn't been the same story. Obviously, he's dealt with this weird hand injury, thumb injury, whatever he's been dealing with um, over the last month and a half. It seems like he's back and healthy. I've been watching those clips that the Heater have been posting on their Instagram account. He looks damn good from the corner. And damn well, we could use... a. A corner three-point shooter on his team, just any three-point shooter, really. But yeah, I I personally want to see him start. I don't know. I honestly don't know um, what will come this Friday because I think that's their next game against the, the, Bucks, the Bucks, right? Yeah, which is an interesting team for them to play because obviously Milwaukee plays big now. Giannis, I don't believe is going to play. Giannis is getting a second opinion on his hand in New York, um, yes. so uh, unlikely Giannis plays. But still, Milwaukee, you know, Lopez and they're going to have size regardless. Redacted um, my play. Yeah, so, you know, Jimmy, Bam, Caleb, and Tyler, really good unit, almost 500 minutes. They're plus almost nine per 100 possessions. That's really good, right? Like, that is uh, that is really, like, the question here because whether it's Gabe or Kyle, like, one of those guys is going to start. Um, and then, really, the, the piece that we're talking about is Caleb, right? Yes. So, we're, the core three plus Caleb, right? I think that the for sure starters in Penn are Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler. Though they're pendant. So now it's which of the two point guards do they start, you know? Uh, and then which which of the forwards do they start? Do they rather have kind of Jimmy and Caleb split time at the four at starters? Which has been pretty good. A 109 defensive rating, 
118 offensive rating. Offense could be a little better, but, you know, the defense has been good given how small they are. Um, you know, they're not hemorrhaging rebounds. They're they're a pretty good defensive rebounding team. They don't offensive rebound, but that's okay as long as you're not giving up offensive rebounds. I think that's what's important. So yeah. when Caleb sits, so when it's it's those three guys, Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, and Caleb sits, they're like a point per a point and a half per hundred positions better in about three hundred minutes or two hundred fifty minutes. So I don't really think that kind of moving Caleb in or out is a big deal. Now, love is an introduction of a new element that they haven't had yet, which is a stretch, a stretch big who can shoot out of the corner and can do some pick and pop stuff. Even PJ wasn't a pick and pop guy because like the wings weren't like a great spot for him to shoot from. I think well, love, he, would, he would strictly only shoot in a corner and teens would basically not even like look at him if he was anywhere else on the court and even on the corner, they would, they would sag off of him. Like yeah. he was not, he was not a, a player that teens would play up on Which, at all off ball or even on ball really. So that made things complicated for a couple of reasons. Like one is when, you know, you have, so what teams do a lot is, you know, and I always use the Toronto example and everybody makes fun of me for that. But I think it's like the, the most, I think it's the most obvious one, right? Where they put a, a big wing on Bam, like Ananobi, and then you can switch handoffs or you can switch pick and rolls. You can switch easy yeah. stuff like that because that has changed a little bit this year because Bam has kind of taken a step on offense. So now teams don't get away with kind of putting a smaller guy on Bam as much anymore. But when teams did that, what Miami would do is they would just go to the other power forward and they would run handoffs or pick and roll or whatever. So they do it with PJ or Jay Crowder or whatever. And it just kind of didn't work as well with PJ because he just wasn't the shooting threat and he would have to kind of roll and short roll. And it just became predictable. I think well, love PJ was really good at that. Something Miami hasn't really done much this season is running those post split actions. Yeah. I think Kevin could do some of that. I oh, think he could do it really well. I, I think. think he could do that really well. He could be in the corner, which is again, another element that they lost from Tucker is they don't have a guy in the corner or a good shooter in the corner before kind of before they brought in PJ, you know, what they would do is they'd relocate to the corner, right? So it'd be like Duncan coming into the corner, Tyler coming into the yeah. corner. That doesn't happen anymore. Obviously Duncan plays less and he's not like shooting as well, especially on catch and shoots. So I think they just need a, a solid presence there so that they can give Jimmy either an, a passing out or give him some space in there and kind of to the handoff thing. If, if love is, is a better shooter, you know, you could do a pick and pop action when yeah. teams have loaded up on bam. So you can kind of shift the offense somewhere else and you can get something going if it's between Tyler and love a two man game like that. So I think that those are small things, you know, it's not that love is going to score a ton. I just think it's that they're able to run things that they can't run now, which is mm -hmm. going to alleviate, you know, like Brian, I think when they're rolling, they look good, right? Like the offense looks fine when guys are hitting shots, when Jimmy's engaged, when they're rolling. But when shit kind of goes wrong, like when you put one bad thing in that offense, it all comes apart because they don't really have plan Bs. Mm -hmm. And now you've introduced one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Which I think is pretty important. Question. Yes. Do you feel, or this is really interesting, I think, in my mind. Um, do you feel like Kevin Love, who who does Kevin Love help more on his team? Would it be Jimmy or would it be Bam? Like, who benefits more from this move? I think, I think actually Tyler and Jimmy. I know you didn't have Tyler, but I just think that giving Tyler a pick and pop big, I think is exciting. I think it, I think he's gotten really good at being a pick and roll creator. And I just want to see what he does with that new element. I think that kind of giving him a, a, a pop guy helps spacing. I think we know that Tyler struggles finishing against size. So when a help man comes and he's big or when it's a drop big, I think when that guy steps up and has a lot of length, I think that can bother Tyler. I think uh, Mr. Santana and chat said Gabe and Vic as well. I think Oladipo for sure. Very much the guards. The guards yeah, are I think the guards. I think Jimmy, I don't really think it's going to have much of an impact on Jimmy really because Jimmy's just going to – you know, bulldoze head and well, neck first. He should be able to mismatch Hunt easier, no? I think in reality, like maybe in the regular season, you know, you get I mean at the end of the day, like you want Jimmy and and I, I think I think where it helps Jimmy is that he doesn't have he could play with the stretch five, like when Bam sits. So I don't really think you'll notice it a lot in the lineups with Jimmy and Bam. But I think like when Bam goes to the bench and if they do play some love at the five, which I'm curious because they brought Zeller in, who's not a shooter. So I don't really I don't know how that's going to go, but if if Love and Jimmy get some time together, I'm I'm interested in how that looks with Jimmy kind of you know back with like how they look with redacted or whatever. That that honestly that Friday game is going to be so funny. To it's going to be weird. Uh, I saw. Uh, thank you to they Dago. they literally have two of Miami's bigs, and so do the Sixers now. I, I why do why do all these teams in the Eastern Conference want Miami's like washed, washed up? up picks? Yeah. So Milwaukee has <laughs> Jay Crowder and who else? And Myers Leonard now. And Myers Tendai. Leonard, that's correct. And then the and Sixers then, have the mechan- the artist formerly known as a mechanic. Cease and desist. Yeah, cease and desist. 
Um, thank you to Daco Kion for the uh, tier one sub saying we back boys. We yeah. are. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I am with Love Brian. I think that he adds those elements to your offense. I think he should. I think they should look at him as a starter. I think. They... How many minutes would you start like play him like? Because um, I think I've been reading the people in the timeline. You know, he fans and and even media like like people don't think he's ever going to close. You don't think he'll ever get a shot to close? I think uh, only a sit speaks in absolutes. Um, he'll he'll close if like if he's having a hot game, like he'll close. Like well, who's to say? Like you know. I think that probably around the 20 minute mark, I think it's probably a safe bet. So we're looking like a better version of Luke Babbitt. <laughs> probably. I mean, you just need, I don't think they need a lot. They just remember. I don't, I don't think that they're contending for like a title this year. I think that what you want to do is you want to kind of like write your ship in the regular season. You want to, I think you want to try to win a playoff series. I think they can win a playoff series. I think if they get Philly, if they get, and I don't know what's going to happen with this Giannis injury. If ya- how much time Giannis is going to miss? I mean, the Bucks may drop to th- the Bucks may drop into that three six match, which I don't really think you want. Um, or Philly can jump into two, and if you are seven, I don't hate that matchup for Miami. I don't think Miami is going to be seven. I think Miami is going to be somewhere in the five to six range. I do think that they're just better than New York, and I think Brooklyn's good and talented. Uh, it's going to be tough to catch them. I think Miami probably ends up six after losing that game, but I for sure think that they're going to compete for that five spot. So I think you're looking at, you know, Milwaukee. Probably that's not something you're super confident in, although they play him tough. Uh, Philly, I think, you know, you can talk yourself into that. And I think Cleveland, you could talk yourself into that as well. So they're contending to win a playoff series. And not while, like, you're, like, saying, like, oh, Love is just, like, a supercharged Luke Babbitt. I think that they just need a couple things on the fringes to let their team make sense. Because they have like really good players. Why is Luke Babby catching strays when McBob is right there? That's true, Someone but else... McBob, but McBob's, I believe him. I believed in McBob's man. I was, I was a big McBob's guy. Someone says Kevin Love is organic. Ryan Anderson. <laughs> hey man, Ryan. Anderson. Oh, Smith and Smolik. Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson was a homie. Ryan Anderson in the locker room want to talk to me. He was nice. I... Ryan Anderson at KYU. Right for, shout for out personal to Ryan reasons. Ed. Shout out to personal reasons. Uh, that's a deep cut. So, yeah, man. And I think Brian's just a guy like standing in the corner is important for them and like their offense and like kind of what they want to do and stuff like that. And, and for Zeller, we haven't talked much about Zeller. And we're going to get more in-depth with love uh, tomorrow with Justin Rowan of the Chase Down. Excited yeah. to have him on, uh, friend of the show. Zeller is a guy that his signing probably made me feel like they're not going to play Kevin Love at the five too much, um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have some cap questions for you in a second. But I, I think, listen, he's a guy with NBA experience at backup five who I don't think you're just going to get your ass kicked in every single minute where he plays. He's not ancient, right? He's not like these washed up centers that the Sixers keep trying to try or that Miami has tried. He is a he's a young he's on the younger side sneaky athletic. We've all seen the he's dunk on Giannis. He's pretty damn athletic. I don't know if his injury uh, they just re- recently had surgery on it. It was like a knee injury uh, that t- that basically kept him out for a full season. But he's had some impressive dunks, and he's played pretty damn good against Miami. I, mean, I know when he was on the Hornets. Buddy, just set screens, let guys run off of you, do some handoffs and rolls, play with Jimmy. I think he's <laughs> going to play a ton with Jimmy. 
It um, honestly sounds very similar to what happened when Deadman first came to Miami. Like he was out for a year with the injury, out of the league, not really doing much. Um, or at least not you don't really hear like what's going on with him in the backs back scenes. And then, you know, he comes in to your uh, rotation. He's banging the boards, grabbing every offensive board. Like that's what Devin was when he first came to Miami. He was just super like he was active. It seemed like he, energizing. He was like the guy that we needed at the time. Obviously, like he lost that juice pretty quickly. Um, but I think Cody Zeller can give you some of that. And possibly even more um, defensively, because I know Devin wasn't a great defender. I I don't really know how accurate it is, but I, I've read that Zeller is a pretty good switch defender. Yeah, I that's what Jack was tape. saying. Yeah. I haven't seen any tape about, so Thanks. I can't really speak Thanks on that. it. But it sounds like he could potentially um, really fit the role nicely as a backup big. You know who also reminds me of too? Like, like could you imagine him playing sort of similar to how Ryan, uh, not Ryan Anderson, Chris Anderson, Birdman? When he was in the big three, like, Zeller? could you see a role? Yeah, could you see a role where he becomes like that, that athletic, obviously white big, um, that that kind of is able to you know attack the rim, you know, on those lob threats and and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't see him being that good. Um, <laughs> like you know, obviously, like that's a. That's... I know Birdman was amazing. Obviously, he was like on that. He had that streak where he like didn't miss a single shot for like two or three straight series, but. I don't know. I, I feel like he has some of that upside where he can really play like so like especially like someone like Jimmy, like I feel like him with Jimmy can play a really good like two man game, you know, just setting pick and rolls and, and feeding him, you know, some of those like lob passes that he used to give Demon when he first was in Miami. Um obviously they can kinda of went away with from that, but I'm also thinking like what else he could do in terms of playing with like a guy like Kyle, because I'm not sure if Kyle's going to come off the bench or not, but I feel like Kyle and him could also play a pretty good two man game. Like basically I'm thinking he's a better pick and roll man on offense. Like I'm not sure how he is as a screener to set up, you know, three point shots for like the rest of the team. But in terms of like that two man game, it might be all right. Um, Yeah. Honestly, that's why I would want, I don't know if Miami wants to play your, uh, to start off, I, that would be the one thing I like to see on Friday. Like, how quick would they actually go and start is playing? Is healthy for Friday? Is he is he available? It sounds like he's coming very close. If not, I mean, we don't have any injury. I'm sorry, yet. I don't get the fascination with Yurt. I I just don't. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like they were hoping that he could play a pivotal role entering the season. Obviously, he's been out with his so ankle injury. Why do you injury. sign Cody Zeller? Like, yeah, and that's that's why I'm trying to get at. Like, so you bring in Cody Zeller as insurance or do you actually plan on playing him as your first big man off the bench so like brian can they convert orlando robinson still yeah they could so then what was that, that, then that's you what i get into that now yeah well i, I just to kind of lead into that like that's what i don't understand is that like okay you sign zeller that kind of signals okay like we don't really like look at kevin love as like a backup five which i think is fair they probably view him more as a four who probably, you know, because Orlando's there already, right? So they could have just signed Kevin and convert Orlando, and they have, yeah. okay, we have a, a four slash five and then a five. And they signed Zeller, which makes me think, okay, because at that point you have three centers, right, that you can feasibly play, or I guess another if you count Udonis, and, and Yurt, right? So you have, like a, you have a, a litany of bigs to play. And not that they're great or anything, but, you know, you signed Zeller, and then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, now we have, like, a real, like, big who's, like, probably should yeah. play. And it's like, where does that leave your – and where does that leave Orlando Robinson, who 
I think it's given them good minutes. I think he's a project, and I don't think he's playoff ready. And I think you've seen those minutes where you're just like, hmm, maybe he's not there yet. But it's teetered since that injury that he suffered on yeah. his hand. So what do you can they still convert Orlando Robinson? And what do you see them do with guys like Orlando and Highsmith? Highsmith mm-hmm. is signed to like a deal deal, right? All right. So let's tackle it one on Let's time. do so, let's do Orlando first. How about we start with Love first? Okay, let's start with Love. Let's work our way down. So the way the way Love signed his deal was interesting because it was it was almost like so we were trying to figure out whether or not Miami would use either the mid-level exception or the biannual. Miami had both options. They were both roughly the same amount of money. One was three and million. One was the three biannual. Million. You have every other year. So if Miami uses the biannual yeah. on Kevin Love, they cannot use it next season. Correct. So Miami had the biannual um, because they were not a luxury tax team, which is like three point four million, I believe it is, right? It so it was roughly four point one, but okay. because of it gets prorated down daily. I just so, want the audience um, to understand like the yeah. amount of money that so that they would have had access to yeah. next season. So. These exceptions, the mid-level and biannual, they they are worth how much they are when Miami gets them at the time. Once it gets past January 10, then it starts prorating down daily. And for Miami, that ended up being about twenty-five thousand a day. And we're now, um, he signed yesterday on February 20, so that was over a month and almost a month and a half that went by um, that Miami didn't use that exception and started prorating down. So that's why instead of it being four million dollars, like I had mentioned on the last podcast, that Miami had to spend. Because it got prorated down, Miami lost a million dollars in value on both of those exceptions. Still, quite a bit of money that Miami had to uh, was able to use to spend on um, on any player, but they end up using the biannual on Kevin Love. So, what does that mean? I think it means two things. One, it means that Miami does intend to be a luxury tax team next season because part of the reason why you would want to use a biannual now and not next year is you kind of imagine yourself. One, it hard caps you. So Miami's already hard capped this season, but we already know that Miami doesn't want to be a luxury tax team this season. And what does the hard cap team mean? They're basically, you can't spend more than like $6 million over the luxury tax. You're, you're set at that number, which I think right now is like $137 million. I, I don't know the exact figure, but right now they are not going to reach that number, not even come close to it. Um, so that helps. That's one impact of using the biannual that I think they didn't want to use next season because one, they're already projected to be $14 million over luxury tax with nine players on the roster next season. That's counting Victor um, opting into his deal and Miami using their first round pick in, 20, in the 2023 draft. So if Miami envisions himself to be a luxury tax team, and if they also envision, envision themselves to be over the luxury tax apron or, or the hard cap, then yeah, don't use the biannual because one, you're not going to have it next season anyway, once you use it this season. And then two, you'll get it back the year after. And who knows where, where you're at, um, you know, salary cap wise by then. But I think it kind of was a smart move. And then two, and this is where the Orlando Robinson um, part comes into play. You have the option now to use your mid-level exception that you still have left, which is $3 million. You don't have to spend all $3 million. Miami is about $1.2. Let me tell you the exact number. I think it's $1.2 under the luxury tax now. With They're about seven. a contract under the luxury tax. Yeah, a and small contract under the luxury. And what's interesting, but for Miami, um, is that they can technically waive a player and then sign somebody else if they wanted to. So it could be anybody on this roster you can name. Um, you know, Buert's a candidate, Highsmith's a candidate. These are all guys that technically have one-year deals. Um, Cody Zeller's a candidate, and he just signed, but you could waive him <laughs> if he, if he, for some reason he he gets injured or something like that, and and he's no longer able to play for a significant stretch. 
Miami can kind of sign a different player to replace him. They don't. They're not locked into him for the whole season. So they, they can keep. Him. They could keep Orlando on the two way until you know in case. Yeah. The only thing is, if Miami wants to sign a player, that player has to be waived or or be a free agent. Um, so basically, if there's like a player that you're still looking out there in the market, so I've seen people in the chat mention Goran Dragic. Yeah. He has to be waived by March 1st to be playoff eligible. If he's not waived by then, then Miami has no reason to add a player like Dragic who won't be won't be playoff eligible, you know, after the regular season. So, which as I of think, today's recording, which is February 21st, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, almost pretty much a week. They have the Dragic has a week to you know anybody who's cut or waived yeah. in the next week, and has, and they have to clear waivers, correct? Yeah, the, well, they clear waivers in 48 hours after their their wave, but they just have to be put on that waiver like wire, um, so that Miami can then eventually sign. Do you need them to sign them once. by February 1st for them to be playoff no, eligible? No, they just have to sign, be waived prior to. They just to have March to be waived by them, and you can sign them up until the very last day of the regular season to and be then they, they can play. Have them gotcha. on your on your playoff roster, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I think um, what's interesting with Orlando Robinson is if Miami wants to waive any of these guys who have one-year deals left under, under, and I say Haywood Highsmith has a one-year deal because next season salaries is not guaranteed until um, like after free agency. So if Miami decides to waive him now, not they're not yet. they're not going to get they're not going to get penalized for next season, um, like a dead cap or anything like that. Hit. But they can convert Orlando Robinson with that mid-level exception to a contract where um, up to four years. Up and to? that first year, up to four years. Um, so right now, he's on a two-way. If Miami wanted to do a similar like move that they did for Highsmith last season, they did sign Highsmith to a prorated um, minimum contract, but it was it was... It was prorated for the first year, and they used the mid-level exception to sign him up to four years, and it was partially guaranteed. Miami could do the same thing with with Orlando Robinson if they wanted to keep him. And I think there is one maybe incentive that they can do this. You know Yurtsevin's going to be a free agent after the season. Miami's already up to $14 million over luxury tax. I don't know what Yurtsevin's market's going to look like next year, but if you feel like you prefer to keep Orlando Robinson over your and you feel like Orlando Robinson you can have at a much cheaper price. I think if Miami was smart enough to do it, you wave a guy maybe like Yurtsevin or another guy that's that's on this roster that you may not want to keep after the year and you know sign him at a cheap contract for four years. Don't have to really have him on the roster for four years, but you know, sign him to a deal where you can keep him. He's cheap, you know, he's locked in. You don't have another team potentially steal him because he only has four more games left that he can play on his two-way deal before it's he's grimy. basically gone, um, and he's up for grabs for anybody else to, to basically poach him. That's like Kendrick Nunn. Um, That's what kind of what happened with Kendrick Nunn. So I know Miami can technically send to the G League, and those four games are basically like they they're not counted. So if Miami really wants to like save him, and now that they have Cody Zeller, maybe you're coming back. Maybe there is no reason to keep Orlando Robinson on the main roster. He's sending down the G League. I mean, he's also technically trying to come back from this injury, so he could also have some time to rehab. So I think there is 
some things maybe in the back scenes that we're not aware of, of what Miami wants to do with Orlando Robinson in terms of maybe, you know, keeping on the roster beyond this year. Okay. That makes sense. Um, chat's like rumbling about Gogi. I don't really. Yeah, Gogi is not a free agent. He hasn't been waived. So I know my, um, the Chicago Bulls did get Patrick Beverly, but the player that they waived today to make that official, make that move official was Tony Bradley. So right now it seems like they're keeping Goron. If he gets waived, I don't want him. I want him for the vibes, but I just, like, I don't know. I, I don't really want anybody cut for him. I, everybody was like, cut Yurt, and I was like, I don't really think Goran is, like, that good anymore. You know, seeing him in Chicago, it, it, I mean, they're a bad team is saying, we don't want to play this guy anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love Goran. I hope that he can... I don't know. I'd be even happy if he came next year on the minimum and just like just here for vibe check. Um, Lonzo's out for a long time and they still don't even want Goran. So just sad. I love Gogi, but I don't really think I think I think his time in the league is is coming to an end. And um, I think Miami got off of him at the right time because he just hasn't really looked good ever since. Uh, I mean, even even his last year here, you can kind of see the cracks uh, in his game. So I love Goran. He's a legend. I'll never, I'll, I mean, icon, but I just don't really see it happening. And I don't really see them bringing him back and cutting guys. And like, they're already juggling a ton right now. It just seems incredibly complicated for a feel good story. I just don't see a guy in this roster you wave right now to bring back your uh, Dragic. I, if they had not, I wouldn't wave Highsmith and I probably wouldn't wave your. But at this point, now they, sign, they sign Zeller. They're, they're looking for bigs. Yeah, they, they, they're, and like, I don't think that you sign Zeller. I don't know. It's just, I, I just don't see it. And I, I, and like, it seems like they're confident that Lowry is definitely going to play a bigger role um, pretty soon. I think I thought that court. was like overreaction by the organization and by Ethan at the time. I know that Ethan got that information from, from a yeah. good source, but I just felt it was overreaction at the time because everybody was mad. And I think, you know, you kind of see Miami lose a couple disappointing games and just not being there. And I, I think, you know, you just, you just, not that Kyle's played well this season, but I think you need kind of the upside of Kyle um, to kind of get you where you want to go. Cause if he's not going to play well, then, I mean, he's really your ticket for improvement. I think if he kind of gets back to a decent level, I think that's the, that's the first place you look to kind of raise your floor. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we are with that. You know, the additions of Zeller and, and, and love are going to help them as well. They can convert Orlando, which is something that I think we'll have an eye out for. And I thought that was interesting that you feel like they're going to be a tax team next year, that these moves kind of dictate that. Absolutely. Right now, they're, they're already 14 million over with nine players on the roster. That's that's assuming, draw, um, like I said, it's, it's assuming Old Depot um, opts into his sec- last year in his second is he, his that, I don't deal. see him opting in. I think he's just going to go get I, I mean, depends on how his health is. To the rest <laughs> that guy's of the always hurt, too. Bro, he's been hurt twice this year now, entering the season, and then now this this like weird stretch during the you know tra- uh, not to trade that one, but the this weird stretch before the we just have the All Star weekend. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I honestly don't know what his health is like. I mean, maybe Miami thinks he'll be all right, but it's kind of like we have to see it again. Do you know what's funny? You don't know. So like, you look at Oladipo's impact metrics, and they look bad. Like his offensive impact metrics are bad. His mm-hmm. like his uh his EPM is bad. His his EPM wins above replacement are bad. I've just not been a super big fan of him this season. 
Um, you know, he has a if he opts in, they can trade him next year though, right? Yeah, they can. It's like a seven yeah, million dollar contract. Yeah, if he opts in, they can trade him. And I don't think he has the same, well, maybe he might have the same veto rights because technically, yeah, I would still be a one year deal. Oh, so, so, he and, yeah. so he'd have it. But well, I, that usually about... very rarely happens where a guy like vetoes a trade. Chat's asking, what happened to Jovic? He's from he had I, surgery. Yeah, he had, he had surgery. So he's he's hurt. Hey, look, I forgot what surgery he had, but he did have surgery. I mean, so did Duncan. Duncan just came back. Yeah, he's out four weeks with a back injury, apparently. Mr. Santana asked, G. Brian, uh, but is Kyle better coming off the bench or still starting? I don't know. I mean, I I yeah. like Kyle starting personally because I, I like him making decisions on the ball. I think the, I think the month of January was really bad, and that's the worst stretch of basketball I've ever seen him play. I can't sit here and defend him. But he looked really good in November. You know what I mean? Like he looked good in November. Like when he was when he was out there with nobody, you know, he looked good. And I think that that probably fucked him up because he played way too many minutes and he got hurt and he didn't look right and his knee was fucked up. And listen, he's a difficult dude, and he's always been a difficult dude. He's bumped heads with Masai. He's clearly bumping heads with the organization here. He's just not an easy guy. He's very surly. I like him, but I understand that like he's fucking pizza pain in the ass. So <laughs> if he starts, I think I think their best chance to like take a leap, quote unquote, is for him to start. If they don't start him, that's fine. Like if Gabe, I mean, if Gabe's going to shoot the ball well and like play really well with the starters, and like I think it's fine if Gabe starts and Kyle comes off the bench. Like it's like I don't know. It, it doesn't really make a difference to me. I, I I think that they're better off if he comes and plays well. Then if he doesn't, if he's going to play like he did in January, then like he probably shouldn't be, should probably barely play. Cause like that was horrible. I don't think he was that bad. I think he was probably closer to what he was in November, probably like with a reduced role uh, and like, you know, kind of keep his minutes on a leash, you know, to kind of keep him healthy. But that's just where I kind of see him. Uh, Heat sites says Stark Cow give most of his minutes with the bench for sure. I think one of the things that, uh, and, and we're kind of, I want to veer too far into like the main topics here, but I think one of the, the things that Kyle brought out of Jimmy last season was really got Jimmy to be a committed role man and had like a real pick and roll partner like that. I would like to see if they can rekindle that because Jimmy has like not been a very active and good roller this year. And part of that is like, they haven't had shooting. So like he's rolling into like help. And Kyle not being a good pull-up shooter is like really having guys sink really low. They don't even switch that sometimes. They drop it, which is just like a fucking nightmare, right? Especially when like Kyle's like a shaky pull-up shooter now or this season. So there's like a couple areas where I think that they can improve if like they get a couple things right. I really do think that like this team is like playing on the margins right now. And if they get like a if they get like three of these things to go right, like if like Love plays well, like if Love like shoots well from the corner and they start him and like Caleb comes to the bench and like that works out. And then like if Kyle plays a little bit better, then I think that like they're like a like a totally different team. 
Man, right, you get a healthy old depot, and one of these two backup bigs. Yeah, if plays Zeller well. is like a good backup five. Either Zeller, you either of them. Yeah, like either if you just them. get like a backup big that's not gonna fucking throw up on themselves. If when, you're starting, when goes to the bench. if yeah. your starting point guard gets healthy and he looks decent, and if you have like a real power forward and you put Caleb to the bench, I think that like that team's probably like pretty decent, and they could probably like go all on maybe like a little six game winning streak in March, right? Like get kind of get the wheels moving, get to get to four, I uh, get to five or six. You know they yeah. play New York a bunch. I, I think that they're gonna have plenty of chances to put New York Cleveland behind them. Twice. Huh? I saw they play Cleveland like back to back, um, pretty soon. And that's, that's huge be, because that's a potential be playoff matchup. Yeah. So, I I don't think this team's dead in the water yet. I think, like I said, I've not felt that this team is contending for a title. But you never know. What if a bunch of guys get hot shooting and Jimmy goes Nova, and then you know they they fucking beat whatever they beat. They beat Cleveland and then they play Boston. Like I don't know, who knows? Or if they beat whatever, if they're in the sixth spot and then they beat Philly and then they have to play Milwaukee. Like you know, like I don't know. I, I don't. I think that their goal is should be to win a playoff series. They're gonna give themselves a chance. Yeah, chat's like, knows? don't be delusional. I'm not being delusional. I don't think that they're that good. I think that what they should the fucking goal right now is to try to get try to get to five. Just try to get to five. Try to get to five or six preferably five and you can beat the Sixers and you can beat the Cavs. I don't never know what happens. I don't think they saw last year. Joel Embiid got hurt. Chris Milton got hurt. You don't need to have easy matchups for Miami right now. Win a fucking playoff series, bro. Like, I don't know. Winning a playoff series is fun. I like winning playoff series. We got a fun hangover time at the end. We do receipts. We have a great time, right? So they're not title good. And maybe they can beat one of maybe they can upset one of these teams. They can't do it three times. Like that's the difference, right? And, and like so, what I'm you know, and, and they're like you can't hope on injuries. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just saying that like be competitive. But you play because you give yourself a chance because you never know what happens once you get in the playoffs. Exactly. Just be competitive. Try to give yourself the best chance to win. I don't there like. Is- I'm not saying that they should tank for a matchup or anything, but I think they should win their way to a better mm-hmm. seed to to play. An opponent. Listen, guys, if they play Philly in the first round, I would not pick them to win. It wouldn't surprise me if they win in six or seven. Yeah. Like, that's a winnable series for them. Chat's like, you're doing good job, good effort. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, bro, they're not going to win a title this year. I'm not going to sit here and be, like, fucking mad about it. Bro, I'm mad about Liverpool. Like, you, he fans... The season that you think you're having, Liverpool's having. We're fucking eighth in the on in the in the Premier League. We're eighth. Champions League is top four. We're not gonna make Champions League. Everyone's gonna leave. When you don't make Champions League, everybody leaves your team. We're done. That's what I'm going through on the other side. I'm just fucking happy that, you know, I'm my team's gonna probably make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, so just get in there. Correct issues that are correctable. Obviously, you're not going to fix your offense in the garbage bin of, of the NBA. Just they made a couple good signings. They it looks like it. You know that that's good. Try to get to a seed that is a winnable matchup, bro. They just went into they just went into Cleveland and won in that building. Like they can do that. That's a winnable matchup against a team that has no playoff experience and a, a, a Sixer team that is super flawed and that they just beat, right? And that, you know, I don't know. It, it's possible. Again, I would have picked them, but they they'd have a they'd have a, a puncher's chance 
And at the end of the day, bro, as fucking sideways and like this season has been a fucking dumpster fire of shit and bad vibes. If they can win a playoff series, bro, I fucking take that. I'm sorry. And I think that they have a chance against two teams that are super flawed. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying that they'd be favored. Am I crazy, Brian? No. I Honestly, I feel like this team can make it to these conference finals. Lots of things have to happen to break their way. I'm not even but saying that. I don't even want to go there. I just want I think they can still. I just want them to win a fucking them. series. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. Like, they can they win two series. I think they can still. Probably not. You know, let's just focus on the one. But at least make it competitive where you're 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 like six games or seven games in a second round. Like they were um that year they lost to Toronto in the second round. What if Giannis his hands fucked up and he doesn't play again this season? Like, bro, we don't we don't know. You don't know what could happen. You but know, you give yourself the chance by making it to the playoffs and then you, you just see what happens. Just get the best seeds you can. You you have to take care of like I think the biggest games coming down the stretch are gonna be those Cleveland games. And those yeah. Nick games, um, I don't I think, think they still have two games with the Nets, don't they? No, they have. They're. They think they have one more game with the Nets, and they've. I feel lost like two. they've only played them. They twice. played twice. They have one more game. Oh, they only played three this they year. Only played three. Okay. So I, 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 think catching the Nets. I mean, again, they're gonna they need. Still catch them, they might but... need some help. They might mm-hmm. need some injury help, or they might need like they might need to go through a little slide. I think catching them is um is kind of difficult because you can't tie them and they have the tiebreaker against you but you do play them one more time and you play the knicks a bunch i think you play the knicks three more times which i think those games are the biggest games of your season you you win those three games you put new york firmly behind you i think that you got to win those three games and you got to put that team behind you because you're i don't care you're fucking better than that team um and that was like one of the most embarrassing losses of the season so do that get right and we'll see Tomorrow, we have Justin Rowan coming on the show. I'm very excited for that. Hangover time on Friday. It's a drip drop Friday. Drip drop Friday returns a weekend hangover time against the Milwaukee Bucks. Kevin Love's debut. Cody Zeller's debut. What a great time to join a hangover time post-game show live here on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Miami Heat Beat. Also co-streamed on Five Reasons YouTube page. Our friends over there. Uh... Shots for drinks. Don't tell Twitch, but, you know, we're going to have some fun on Friday. We're going to watch Bam Cook fresh off his All-Star game. Jimmy coming back from Argentina. Whatever. I don't know what. He's going to come back with some funny hairdo. Jimmy's coming coming back with something. I don't know what. He's going to show up. It's going to be fun. And uh, our final black in time for the year. So uh, that's going to be a doozy. So a lot going on on Hangover Time. Pre-gaming with Frankie and Kenny. Coming at you on Friday and then a pod tomorrow. Those are the, the three pieces of content we have scheduled for the week. We are excited. The 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 final stretch of this season of our 10th of Miami Heat Beat is upon us. And uh Chess is Jimmy Hayamate. Um <laughs> are they are they heat Kevin Love away? Uh probably not, but listen, I'm most excited for whatever comes out of the Sargentina trip for Big Face Coffee. I'm a big face coffee lifer. I have big. I buy Big Face Coffee. I love Big Face Coffee. I I think Jimmy Jimmy has not updated the product in a while. You know, Brass and I were talking like, man, after that Columbia trip, he changed the he changed the product, and it just haven't hasn't changed in a while. So I think this Argentina trip is coffee specific. Probably other things as well, but coffee mostly. 
I think I think my man's gonna come back with some new product, so I'm excited for that. And yeah, that right, guys. So you know, good times. Are, are the heat of Kevin Love and a Cody Zeller away? No, 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 we're not. We're Kyle Lowry away. 